Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast, brought to you in part by Book of Zen, makers of wearable inspiration for a better world. Today's podcast has been edited and adapted from the essay, As a Man Thinketh, by James Allen, published in 1903. The world is your kaleidoscope. The varying color combinations are the exquisitely adjusted pictures of your ever-moving thoughts. You are literally what you think, your character being the complete sum of all your thoughts. As the plant springs and could not be without the seed, so every action springs from the hidden seeds of thought and could not have appeared without them. This applies equally to those acts called spontaneous and unpremeditated, as it does to those which are deliberately executed. The beautiful truth is that you are the master of your thoughts, the molder of your character, and the maker of your condition, environment, and destiny. As a being of power, intelligence, and love, and the master of your own thoughts, you hold the key to every situation and contain within yourself that transforming and regenerative power by which you can make yourself what you will. All of this can be proven if you begin to closely watch, control, and alter your thoughts, tracing their effects upon yourself, upon others, and upon your life and circumstances, linking cause and effect by patient practice and investigation and utilizing your every experience, even the most trivial everyday occurrence, as a means of obtaining that knowledge of yourself which is understanding, wisdom, and power. Your mind may be likened to a garden, which may be intelligently cultivated or allowed to run wild. Just as gardeners cultivate a plot, keeping it free from weeds and growing the flowers and fruits which they desire, so may you tend the garden of your mind, weeding out all the wrong, useless, and angry thoughts, and cultivating toward perfection the flowers and fruits of right, useful, and kind thoughts. By pursuing this process, you will sooner or later discover that you are the master gardener of your soul, the director of your life. You will also discover within yourself the laws of thought, and understand with ever-increasing accuracy how the thought forces and mind elements operate in the shaping of your character, circumstances, and destiny. Thought and character are one, and as character can only manifest itself through environment and circumstance, the outer conditions of your life will always be found to be harmoniously related to the condition of your inner state. This does not mean someone's circumstance at any given time are an indication of their entire character, but that those circumstances are so intimately connected with some vital thought element within themselves that, for the time being, they are indispensable to that person's development. Every person is where they are due to the law of their being. The thoughts which we have built into our characters have brought us here. In the arrangement of your life there is no element of chance, but all is the result of a divine law which cannot err. 
This is just as true of those who feel out of harmony with their surroundings as those who are contented with them. As a progressive and evolving being, you are where you are so that you may learn how to grow. When you learn the spiritual lesson which any circumstance holds for you, it passes away and gives place to other circumstances. You will feel controlled by your circumstances only so long as you believe yourself to be a creature of outside conditions. But when you realize that you are a creative power, and that you have control of the hidden soil and seeds of your being out from which circumstances grow, you then become the rightful master of yourself. The soul attracts that which it secretly harbors, that which it loves, and also that which it fears. It reaches the height of its cherished aspirations, it falls to the level of its base desires, and circumstances are the means by which the soul receives its own. Every thought seed sown or allowed to fall into the mind and to take root there will blossom sooner or later into action, bearing its own fruitage of opportunity and circumstance. Good thoughts bear good fruit, bad thoughts bad fruit. That may sound simplistic, but it's true. The outer world of circumstance shapes itself to the inner world of thought, and both pleasant and unpleasant external conditions are factors which make for the ultimate good of the individual. As the reaper of our own harvest, we learn by both suffering and joy. Following our inmost desires, aspirations, and thoughts by which we allow ourselves to be dominated, we at last arrive at their fruition and fulfillment in the outer conditions of our lives. In other words, your circumstances do not make you, they reveal you to yourself. No such conditions can exist that will send you into selfishness and vice and their attendant sufferings apart from your own desires and inclinations. Likewise, nothing will deliver you into virtue and its pure happiness without the continued cultivation of virtuous aspirations. As the master of your own thoughts, you are the shaper and author of your environment. Even at birth the soul comes to its own, and through every step of its earthly pilgrimage, it attracts those combinations of conditions which reveal itself, which are the reflections of its own purity and impurity, its strength and weakness. You do not attract that which you want, but that which you are. Your whims, fancies, and ambitions may be thwarted at every step by your innermost thoughts, desires, and fears. Thought and action are the wardens of fate. They imprison when being base and liberate when being noble. It is not what you wish and pray for that you will get, but what you justly earn. Your wishes and prayers are only gratified and answered when they harmonize with your thoughts and actions. In the light of this truth, what then is the meaning of fighting against circumstances? It means that you are continually fighting against an effect from without, while all the time nourishing and preserving its cause in your heart. That cause may take the form of a conscious vice or an unconscious weakness, but whatever it is, it will stubbornly retard your efforts and call aloud for a remedy. Many of us are anxious to improve our circumstances, but unwilling to improve ourselves. We therefore remain bound. 
The person who refuses to shrink from self-sacrifice, however, can never fail to accomplish the object upon which their heart is set. This is true of both spiritual and material goals. Even the person whose sole object is to acquire wealth must be prepared to make great personal sacrifices before they can accomplish their goal. And how much more so must be sacrificed by those who hold great aspirations for the common good. While we are the masters of our fates, do not attempt to judge others by their current lot in life. Circumstances are so complicated, thought is so deeply rooted and the conditions of happiness vary so vastly between people that an individual's entire soul condition cannot be judged by another person from the external aspect of that individual's life alone. One person may be honest in certain directions, yet suffer privations. Another may be dishonest in certain directions, yet acquire wealth. To conclude that the first suffers because of their particular honesty, and the second person prospers because of their particular dishonesty, is the result of a superficial judgment, one which assumes that the dishonest person is almost totally corrupt, and the honest person almost entirely virtuous. A deeper knowledge of the individuals will likely reveal that the dishonest person may have some admirable virtues which the other person does not possess, and the honest individual obnoxious habits which are absent in the other. The honest person reaps the good results of his honest thoughts and acts, but also brings upon themselves the sufferings which their vices produce. The dishonest person likewise garners their own suffering and happiness. It is pleasing to human vanity to believe that one suffers because of one's virtue, but not until we have removed every sickly, bitter, and impure thought from our mind and washed every stain from our soul can we be in a position to know and declare that our sufferings are the result of our goodness and not our bad qualities. And on the way to, yet long before we have reached, that supreme perfection, we will have discovered working in our mind and life the great law which is perfectly just and which cannot therefore give good for evil or evil for good. Possessed of such knowledge, we will then know, looking back upon our past ignorance and blindness, that our life is and always has been justly ordered and that all our past experiences, good and bad, were the equitable outworking of our evolving yet unevolved self. Good thoughts and actions can never produce bad results. Bad thoughts and actions can never produce good results. This is the same as saying that nothing can come from corn but corn, nothing from ivy but ivy. We understand this law in the natural world and work with it, but few understand it in the mental and moral world though its operation there is just as simple and undeviating, and therefore we do not cooperate with it. Suffering is always the effect of wrong thought in some direction. It is an indication that the individual is out of harmony with themselves, with the law of their being. The sole and supreme use of suffering is to purify, to burn out all that is useless in hindering our growth. We were created to be happy, healthy, and prosperous beings, and happiness, health, and prosperity are the result of a harmonious adjustment of the inner world with the outer world, of your individual self with your surroundings. 
We only begin to live truly when we stop whining and hating and start to search for the hidden justice which regulates our life. And as we adapt our mind to that regulating factor, we cease to accuse others as the cause of our condition and build ourselves up with strong and noble thoughts. We cease to kick against circumstances, but begin to use them as aids to more rapid progress and as a means of discovering the hidden powers and possibilities within ourselves. Law, not confusion, is the dominating principle in the universe. Justice, not injustice, is the soul and substance of life. And righteousness, not corruption, is the molding and moving force in the spiritual government of the world. This being so, we have but to put right ourselves to find that the universe is right. And during the process of putting ourselves right, we will find that as we alter our thoughts towards things and other people, things and other people will alter toward us. The proof of this truth is in every person, and it therefore admits of easy investigation by systematic introspection and self-analysis. Let someone radically alter their thoughts, and they will be astonished at the rapid transformation it will effect in the material conditions of their life. We imagine that thought can be kept secret, but it cannot. It rapidly crystallizes into habit, and habit solidifies into circumstances. Negative thoughts of every kind crystallize into unhealthy and confusing habits, which solidify into painful and adverse circumstances. Thoughts of fear, doubt, and indecision crystallize into weak and irresolute habits, which solidify into circumstances of failure, indigence, and slavish dependence. Lazy thoughts crystallize into habits of uncleanliness and dishonesty, which solidify into circumstances of foulness and poverty. Hateful and condemnatory thoughts crystallize into habits of accusation and violence, which solidify into circumstances of injury and persecution. Selfish thoughts of all kinds crystallize into habits of self-seeking, which solidify into circumstances more or less distressing. On the other hand, Beautiful thoughts of all kinds crystallize into habits of grace and kindliness, which solidify into genial and sunny circumstances. Pure thoughts crystallize into habits of temperance and self-control, which solidify into circumstances of repose and peace. Thoughts of courage, self-reliance, and decision crystallize into habits of strength, which solidify into circumstances of success, plenty, and freedom. Energetic thoughts crystallize into habits of cleanliness and industry, which solidify into circumstances of pleasantness. Sympathetic and forgiving thoughts crystallize into habits of gentleness, which solidify into protective and preservative circumstances. Loving and unselfish thoughts crystallize into habits of helpfulness to others, which solidify into circumstances of sure and abiding prosperity and true riches. A particular train of thought persisted in, be it good or bad, cannot fail to produce its results on your character and surroundings. You cannot directly choose your circumstances, but you can choose your thoughts and so indirectly, yet surely, shape your circumstances 
your life, and your destiny. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. For free transcripts of our podcasts, visit us online at livinghour.org. Today's podcast was sponsored in part by autosuggestion.io. Transform your life in 30 days. Discover the autosuggestion sound method at autosuggestion.io. And by Book of Zen, makers of wearable inspiration and motivational gifts. Visit them online at bookofzen.com. Subscribe to the Inspirational Living Podcast by looking us up in the iTunes store. If you're using an Android phone, download the Stitcher app and you'll find us on there. We deliver new podcasts twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday. Thanks for joining us. I look forward to talking to you next time.